It's time to talk all things Dirty Birds. It's Falcons Flyover. With John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back in the Kia Studios on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is John Chuckery Show live on this Tuesday evening. 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 929 The Game at JMCH316 on Twitter, at underscore Dylan Matthews on Twitter. We will talk to D. Orlando Ledbetter in about 20 minutes from right now. His thoughts about the Falcons roster as this is the Falcons flyover. Your night look at all things Atlanta Falcons. So the Falcons start off as a five-and-a-half-point underdog at home to the New Orleans Saints with an over-under of 42-and-a-half. Now, Pro Football Focus has the Saints as one of the best bets in opening week of the NFL that take the Saints in the five and a half and they'll cover that. Am I crazy to am I crazy to take the Falcons? Am I crazy to take the Falcons to cover the five and a half at home opening week? Saints still trying to figure some things out? Or are we gonna look back and say or is it, are we going to look back like we did with the Philadelphia Eagles game last year and say, yeah, we kind of saw that coming. Yeah, crap. We saw that coming. I hope not. I, I'll ride with the Falcons on this. Would I put my mortgage on a game like this? No. I wouldn't put my mortgage on on this kind of game. But if you're into such things, again, Pro Football Focus says one of the best bets on opening weekend is take the Saints in the five and a half, and then the over-under, if you're looking for such things, is 42 and a half. That seems like a lot of points to put on the Falcons end of things, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I'll, I'll ride with the Falcons. I'll, I'll go the Homer route and I'll ride with the Falcons on, on all of this. So we'll see what happens. Obviously we got a ways to go. It feels, feels like we got a month before the regular season, the NFL opens up, but we got to just wait uh, another, another week plus a couple of days here. All right. So this story has now come out. A prosecutor on Monday announced a sprawling indictment targeting members of what is said to be a violent street gang that has been targeting Atlanta-area homes of famous athletes, including Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley. Now they say, Ridley? I did not know. Does Mariah Carey live here in Atlanta? Because she's they, they have her on this list. Because they've got Ridley, Brad Guzan, Marlo Hampton of the Real Housewives, and Mariah Carey. I didn't know she stayed here. I, I didn't either. Wow. She's not married right now, right? I don't believe so. Because no. she divorced Nick Cannon Damn. and all that a while back and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't think she's married right now, but I, I did not know that she lives here in Atlanta. Fulton County DA Fannie Willis said the crimes alleged in the indictment, carjacking, kidnapping, armed robbery, shootings, Home invasions were committed by members of the drug-rich gang, which she said began to emerge in 2016 in a neighboring county. In addition to the celebrity targets, social media influencers were also victimized in home invasions and burglaries. Quote, what they do is target people who show their wealth on social media. There's a lot of those people, a lot of those out there. That's a target-rich environment. So I do have a message for the public where it is kind of fun to put your things on social media and show off. Unfortunately, these gangs are becoming more savvy, more sophisticated in a way that they target you. 
interesting. Um, so let's uh, I let's see if I have to tread lightly on this or not, Dylan. You may have to watch and filter and stuff like that. Okay. A lot of people ask the question, "What happened to Ridley? What was going on? Why did he not come back and stuff like that?" Okay. I was told by somebody last fall, early on, that Calvin Ridley had been the victim when he was on the road of a of a home invasion robbery and stuff. And if I'm right, and maybe Dylan looked this up, I think Calvin has a young child or young children that that he's got at his home. And what I was told was, and and this is what I was told. Because people were, and I didn't, I, I didn't know if this story was true or not true or whatever like that. This kind of backs up now what what was being told. I was told that Ridley had a robbery during the season when he was on the road, and it completely freaked him out. So Calvin Ridley does have a very young daughter, so she's right, not even close to two yet, and then so. He had a baby in 2020. Uh, that was their first child. So he does have this one daughter that was okay. born in 2020. So I was told that this incident completely freaked him out about what happened. And when you talk about, you know, the, the mental health issues and stuff like that, that this was a traumatizing event. And my understanding is, is that this was in one of the early road games of the season that this happened and that it kind of triggered all the different things that kind of led to why he was not with the Falcons. And and it kind of freaked him out, the idea of getting back on the road and, you know, this potentially happening. Because obviously, these guys weren't caught back last fall. They just, they just got all these guys to it. So, I'm, I'm not telling you it all makes sense now and it all ties together, but based upon what I was told by some folks last fall I can understand and I don't think it's a matter of Ridley being soft or anything like that you know imagine if you're a man of wealth and stature and you have a home invasion and you you know you've got a wife and a young daughter and all that and that potential is there because they probably aren't going to be with you on every road trip right and the Falcons traveled early on in the year they were on the road early on I think the second and third week of the season, they were on the road early. So, again, this was stuff that I was told, you know, in the fall of last year. It kind of makes sense now. So, if this definitely – now, look, that doesn't excuse the gambling and, and that kind of stuff, okay? You know, I again, I firmly believe Calvin Ridley got what he deserved as far as that goes. That's the one thing you can't do – as a professional athlete in professional sports is wager on it because you have inside information that the general public does not have. It doesn't matter if you bet for your team, against your team, with your team, whatever, however you do it. You have insider information, right? Hell, they threw Martha Stewart in a federal jail for having insider information on trading stocks, right? Well, they let Hillary Clinton walk, but that's all right. That's a whole other story that's uh, that's out there. But anyway, so you can't do that. So that's why when people would talk about, well, 
Deshaun Watson got 11 games, and, you know, why did he not get as many as Ridley and all? Because it's not the same crime. And that may be fair or unfair, but gambling in professional sports is looked at completely different because you mess with the integrity of the game. It doesn't matter if you bet on your team. That doesn't make it better. In your mind, it does. Not in anybody in a league office does it make it better. And so, I'm not excusing all of that. But, based upon what I was told last fall about what had gone on with Calvin Ridley, this all makes sense now. And I can understand. And and it could be a very traumatizing event. And thankfully, I mean, you talk about low-life, dirtbag, scuzzbags of the world. That's what these people are. That's what this... What's it called? Drug rich gang is. You know, and and you wonder why people want to have armed guards and you wonder why people are on high alert. I mean, listen to what, you know, carjacking, kidnapping, armed robbery, shootings, home invasions. I mean, that's not that's not petty theft. That's not purse snatching. And and these kinds of groups are sophisticated with all the technology we have the arsenal that they probably have. So I get it. I can understand. And it probably did freak him out, you know, with all this that that may or may not have happened. Again, we don't have all the details, and I don't have all the details. I'm just telling you what I was told by some people last fall. And I was like, hmm, okay. And now that I've seen this story come out and read through this story, it makes a lot more sense now. So, again, look. I do believe Calvin Ridley has played his last game for the Falcons because you you can't you you can't do what you've done and and just again I I think that there is going to be a parting of the ways. I think if and when he gets reinstated by the league, and again remember he has to file for reinstatement back into the NFL. So you know he's got to wait his time, and he's got to wait till next you know year calendar year to get a reinstatement, but I do think that he will get reinstated back in the league. But I think at that time, the Falcons who will control him because basically what they did was defer the fifth year of his rookie contract, right? So if you're trading him, you know, he's under his fifth-year rookie option, which was, what, $11 million or something like that? I think is what that number was. Whatever it was, $11, $12 million, whatever his fifth-year rookie option was. And he'll be on that, and then... I think they'll trade him. Somebody will either keep him or they'll re-sign him or, or extend him, really, whatever it's going to be. So it's unfortunate, and and I, I hate it for Ridley. Although, I, like I said, I, I didn't realize that Mariah Carey was living here in Atlanta. But scary thought, man. It, it's, a, it's a scary thought and situation, um, you know, out there about what, what some of these gangs and what some of these people do uh, out there. So... As we said, we'll talk to a D. Orlando Ledbetter here as uh, we talk about the Falcons' 53-man roster. Not a lot of surprises when all was said and done. You know, look, I was hoping Kadri Allison was a guy who would find a way to stand out and make the roster, and we kind of figured this would be do or die. Will they bring him back on the practice squad? They might. You know, they got a whole bunch of spots. I do think, though, as I said before, I do think that the Falcons are going to go out and find a quarterback. I don't know who that is. I don't know what's left out there on the marketplace. But you typically want to have a quarterback on your 
on your practice squad. Because I don't think they look at Felipe Franks anymore as a quarterback. He made the 53-man as a tight end. And you don't want to have to use him at, at quarterback, right? And first off, he didn't play well at all when he had a chance to, to play some quarterback. You don't want him to have to take snaps there. Either he's got to develop as a tight end, and that's where his value is, or he should be on the practice squad as an emergency kind of player. But him making the 53-man roster pretty much all but confirms that that transition from quarterback to tight end has completely taken place now. So coming up, we'll talk to D-Led, his thoughts about the, the roster, where we're at, where we're headed as well. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios. Braves have an early lead, by the way. one nothing here. Sports right now to the game on us.com app. More John Chuckery. He's in the zone. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back out of the John Chuckery Show. Live in the Key Studios. Tuesday night with you. 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app site. Catch us on the go. Social media at 929 The Game. At JMCH316 on Twitter. Hey, all the NFL news you need is on the new Odyssey podcast. First in pod. Danny Parkins. And Andrew Filipponi uh, bring all the news around the league that you need. First episode is going to drop this Thursday, September 1st. Check it out uh, for free on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, oh, okay, Eddie uh, Eddie Rosario getting uh, getting things cranked up and going. We've got a 2-0 lead now for the Braves. That's good. We're going to talk about Eddie Rosario coming up at the top of the hour, so that's good. I'm glad he... Glad he had a tune-in of the um, mental telepathy about getting things cranked up and going. Anyway, Falcons 53-man roster uh, officially lined up for right now. Certainly going to be some changes to that. Let's head out to the waitfor.com hotline, Atlanta's Ford dealer. Let's talk to the man in the know. It's our buddy D-Led, D-Orlando Ledbetter. AJC.com is where you can check out all of his work, at D-Orlando AJC, on his Twitter page. And, D-Led, as always, man, appreciate a few minutes. Any real surprises on what you saw today for the Falcons' first draft of 53? Yeah, uh, yeah, John, thanks for having me. Just a few minor ones, uh, you know, just some deep down the roster ones. I thought Anthony Furter, the tight end, was going to make it. I thought they would go with the veteran receivers um, over uh, the lacrosse kid. But, uh, you know, he certainly played well. Uh, Caleb Huntley, the kid from College Park, ran hard, but now it looks like they just had him in here to be a camp body. He led him in rushing, but other than that, no real major, major surprises. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised, D-Led, by the tight end room just in general. Um, you know, I thought Ferkser would make it. I'm a little bit surprised that Franks did make it. I thought he looked really good early on in camp and then maybe kind of slowed down a little bit. Were you surprised that Franks – made the 53-man, or did you feel like he was pretty locked in this whole time? Yeah, no, I I, I had him as a long shot because I didn't see enough to make me think of him as a tight end, and I didn't see anything at quarterback. So uh, they uh, they obviously have him rated a little bit more highly than, than we do. But, um, you know, he had a chance to win the game in New York through over through the ball four times. Uh, you know, he caught some passes at tight end, but I really, you know, if he's playing tight end, then something's happened really bad. Yeah, and, and as I said, D-Led, too, they're not just keeping him around as an emergency quarterback. Uh, do you, are you 
of the mindset. I, I think they have to go out and find a quarterback to stash on the practice squad. You think that'll be one of the positions that they'll pick up here? Uh, yeah, because they turn their nose up at it throughout camp in the name of getting both of the guys some, some camp reps. But their position has been that, you know, times have changed. They don't practice as much. They can keep their arms live, and then they can have the coaches do some of that extra throwing. So, um, you know, for a team on the come up, if you can cut corners at quarterback and get another lineman in here that can help you, um, you know, I certainly understand that. Falcons beat writer for the AJC, D. Orlando Ledbetter, joining us on the waitfor.com hotline. D. Led, what were your maybe one or two biggest takeaways from camp and preseason? Uh, just the one, uh, uh, camp is kind of hard because, you know, John, they're not tackling. They don't right. even, they, they tag each other. Yeah. So, yeah, all of that looks great. Okay, when the uh, first team defense played the Jets back up, they looked pretty good. Okay, the first team offense did score on three or four drives. Uh, the fourth and even, uh, you know, even uh, Ritter in his 15 play and 14 play drive in the exhibition game against the backups, most of the guys that got cut today. Um, you know, that's still good, solid football. So they're teaching good, solid football is what we're seeing. But, you know, as far as, you know, what the team's going to look like and how they're going to play, we don't know because they didn't play Kyle Pitts. They didn't play Cordarell Patterson. They're, they're, uh, those are your top two offensive weapons. They never played together. So when they line up against the Saints on September 11th, they're going to be trying to do something for the first time. And D-Led, you know, I'm with you. And – you know, I, I think the thing for me is I still just don't know what our offensive line is going to be. And I know there's been some changes, and, and I've complimented Caleb McGarry for winning that right tackle job, and they did make a change at left guard. We don't have center settled yet. I mean, maybe on their board and in their mind they have it settled, but we don't necessarily know who's specifically going to start against the Saints. I just, you know, to your point, you know, I was joking earlier in the show, d you know what else we didn't see in the preseason? We didn't see the Bosa brothers and Khalil Mack and Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney and Cam Jordan and all those people, you know, coming off the edge and trying to kill our quarterback. And I just think still there's so much flux about that group that, you know, I just I don't feel like I have answers just yet about what they're going to be. Yeah, no question about it, uh, John. But they're going to try to scheme that group up. Um, they're going to cut block you. They're going to run outside zone and then boom, bootleg the quarterback out and try to throw the ball on you. So, um, Taylor McGarry should be able to do that. They said he can do that. They said he can run block. So, you know, you're not dropping back 40 times a game where, you know, I just saw Trayvon Walker just walk around him at the practice the other day. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, saw him, uh, uh, you know, the uh, Josh Allen, the defensive end, just got up in the Freddy's grill and threw him to the ground. So, uh, but you, you don't, it's not a pass blocking line. They're going to try to run the football and uh, they're going to try to run the football a lot. And then when they, they get a chance, they'll throw it up to Pitts and maybe Drake London if he's still alive uh, when he gets back. We haven't seen him since August the 12th. So um, that's what they're going to be. That's where we envision them being. They haven't shown us much. But, um, you know, if you're going to try to, uh, you know, get out here with this team, that's how you're going to play based on the personnel that we, we have seen. It is John Chuck Show live in the Key Studios and Sports Radio 92 on the game on the waitfor.com hotline with our buddy D. Orlando Ledbetter, Falcons beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. What did you think about the quarterback play? Um, you know, look, I, it, it's hard to evaluate that nowadays, too. But I, 
I like at least the fact that Ritter does look like he's competent and he can get in there and make some plays. Mariota had the one really good drive, but you know, again, I, I it's going to be a, a, obviously a different look. It's not going to be you know four thousand yards and thirty touchdowns. It's it's going to be a different look for what you ask out of these quarterbacks this year. Yeah, no doubt. He's going to have to be accurate. He's going to have to hit the zones when they give them to him. And uh, when they, uh, you know, because the people start coming up to, to take away the run, then he's going to, you know, have to fit the ball into the right places and so forth. So he's shown that he can do that at times. You just don't, it's not 100% with him. Uh, you know, they, they tell me, uh, Rich Gannon said, hey, he's going to make some splash plays. But when it comes down to standing in that pocket and driving the ball, will he do it? And so that's, you know, I'm going in thinking that his track record is, you know, says that he's not going to be able to do that, but he's going to make some plays and be confident. Uh, you know, some rollouts, you know, maybe he can um, get Kyle Pitts going like he had Delaney Walker going in Tennessee. And we'll see, uh, see if he can do that. D-Led, if the Falcons had to play a game this Sunday, do you think that Marlon Davidson, Jalen Mayfield, and Drake London would all be healthy enough that if they had to play Sunday, they'd be able to play? Uh, not on Davis. I'm expecting him to go to IR here soon, just like they brought the Dalton uh, kid back on IR today. I just put it on their website. Uh, we don't get press releases anymore. Um, <laughs> and uh, Jalen Mayfield, even if he was able to go, I think he's got beaten out. Uh, but uh, and Drake, I don't think he if he hasn't been around in practice, you can't just show up on Sunday. So no, on all three of those guys. So help help me with this. I, I I know I know what the coach is saying. You know, oh everybody's on track and it's all good and this any other, and I get that. And we got a ways to go, but um, why am I just unsettled about the idea that? My first-round draft pick only got the five snaps. He hasn't been able to practice at all. I mean, even if he can't play, I get that in the games, and they don't want to suit him up. I get that. But he hasn't been able to practice either. And, and I, I mean, okay, he's on track and all that, but shouldn't there be some concern about the idea that your first-round draft pick is at a point where he's not even able to practice or he can't practice or they won't practice him right now? Yeah, no doubt about it, John. Once you get past two weeks, uh, but oh, he's okay, he's fine. I mean, we're we're, we're um, we just came up on two weeks. It was August the twelfth. We're on the thirtieth now. That's eighteen days. So it's more than just oh, he needed a band aid on his knee, you know. So uh, uh, you know, they have another week to rest him. If we don't see him on Monday, then you got to figure that. Him getting to the game on Sunday is a, a iffy proposition. We'll get his first uh, official injury report on Wednesday. We'll have to declare, you know, he, whether he's probable, questionable, and so forth and so on. D-Led, um, I, I thought that the interior defensive line did some good things through the preseason. And while I don't think that we have solutions to everything there, I do feel like that that group around Grady is going to have more of an impact. What did you think about the interior line play around Grady? Is that group, you think, going to be better this year? Yeah, they got bigger too, John. I like that because, uh, you know, you got to stop the run in this league. I don't care. I know it's a passing league, 
But if you can, if people could run on you, that's what they're going to do. And people could run on the Falcons last year. So that's what this whole change was about. You got Rush, you got Tyquan Graham in there. You got the Timothy Horn kid that uh, made the team as an undrafted guy from uh, Kansas State and Charlotte. So they got bigger in there. So the whole thing is to so, uh, you know, they can't push you around and them linebackers can flow to the play. And it looks like McCole, uh, Mikael Walker and Rashawn Evans are going to get the first crack at it. So that whole that's a whole different look than what they had last year up front. So how active do you think the Falcons will be? We get through this and obviously everybody gets through waivers and now we can start loading up. I think the Falcons are going to be – I know you've talked about the Falcons' position on the waiver wire and everything, but you think they're going to be really active with bringing guys in here and trying to add pieces and maybe change up some of the bottom of that roster? Oh, yeah, no question about it. Uh, not only the bottom of the roster, but the practice squad. Uh, they had Tim Ward in here last week, a defensive end that, uh, you know, they're going to continue to look at. You know, anybody that can, you know, get near a quarterback is going to be uh, worth taking a look at. Uh, and then they go on this big kickball. They got to fit in their locker room. They got to, you know. So what that means is, you know, they're going to pick guys that they know already that got cut from other teams. So, you know, I would like for them to take the best player on the street and then, you know, you can coach them into the locker room or indoctrinate them some kind of way. Get the best players available in here that can help your football team when you got your hands tied behind your back with the $64 million in dead cap space. D-Led, uh, last thing for you, I still look at the wide receiver group and just think it's a jumbled mess. And, you know, hopefully we get Drake London back. And I do like, you know, I like Edwards, but he didn't play a whole lot either. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, we've been so spoiled with Ridley and Julio and Roddy and Harry and all these guys that we've had, you know, Sanu and all these guys that we've been able to trot out. That group just looks like a jumbled mess to me right now. Yeah, I know what you mean because I'm, I'm like, hey, who am I afraid of? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Am I afraid of the rookie? Uh, he's a 20-yard-and-out guy. I'm not afraid of him. Uh, Brian Edwards, he's a third-down receiver. I'm not afraid of him. Alameda's Davis and Demir Bird, yeah, they might can run by me. They're fast, so they're little guys. But, uh, you know, I can I can handle that. Uh, so, yeah, you, you know, um, maybe Drake turns into that guy that can carry the passing game. But the guy I am scared of is the tight end. So, so that, you know, depending on if you want to count him with the wide receivers or not, he can certainly get up the field. And then Patterson can run a nine route too. So, I mean, there's a little bit there, but I know what you mean. I don't, I don't see Cliff Branch or anybody like that out there that's going to make the other defense, uh, you know, afraid of you blowing the top off the defense. Yeah, I don't, I don't see Julio, Ridley, Roddy. <laughs> I don't even see those guys, D-Led, but – we will see. Listen, D-Led, my thing is hope springs eternal, right? That's that's what we're saying around here is hope springs eternal. So follow him on Twitter at DOrlandoAJC. AJC.com is where you can check out all of his work. And D-Orlando Ledbetter, join us here on the WadeFord.com hotline. D-Led, as always, man, appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for a few minutes. We'll chat again soon. Sure, no problem, John. Take care. Thanks for having me. You got it. When we come back, it will be time for What's Bugging Chuckery. This 49ers quarterback situation reminds me of Brett and Sean in the mid-90s. I'll explain next. Chuckery hanging out in the Key Studios. Sports right now the game, Odyssey.com app.
to more John Chuckery. No, 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 I'm having a good time. Having a good time. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Back at the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out in the Key Studios Tuesday night with you. 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app, so you catch us on the go. Social media at 92.9, The Game. At JMCH316 at underscore Dylan Matthews. Uh, it is Tuesday, so coming up at 1040, a couple hours from right now, we will get to a rankum. We'll get to a What's Bugging Chuck right here in just a, a couple of minutes, but we'll get to a rankum coming up at 1040, so feel free to hit us up with your list on the text line. Hit us up uh, on my Twitter page as well, and uh, we'll incorporate your list a little bit later on this evening. Braves right now 2 2 with the uh, Colorado Rockies. Uh, some good defense. By the Braves, I know they threw a runner out at home earlier on uh, in the game and kept another run from uh, scoring uh, out there. So uh, let's see here. Right now, Max Freed, four innings, five hits, two earned runs, three strikeouts, has a walk. He's only got 66 pitches in four innings, so he's in pretty good stead right now as far as that goes. Um, How about, you know, the Colorado Rockies pitcher, right? Jose Urena, remember him? Remember the guy who was hitting Ronnie and, you know, all that when he was in Florida. Three innings, four hits, two runs, four strikeouts, a couple of walks. He's got 62 pitches. You know what his ERA is even right now? Like right now, his ERA sits at 598. P-U. Man. You got, a, you got your starter out there with a six ERA. Whew. You know what Max Freed's is? Two and a half. Whew. Anyway. Oh, uh, they. Yeah. Dansby's, uh, Dansby's got a hit that uh, – Drove in a run, uh, and we're going to talk about Eddie Rosario at the top of the um, top of the hour because I want to see him get cranked up and going because you need a left-handed bat to hit against right-handers. You found your guy to hit left-handers. Grossman has been fantastic. He's getting he's taking care of business against the lefties. Now we need to get Rosario because, especially depending on how Ronnie's health is going to be in a day off here and a day off there, Rosario is going to get a lot of run out in the outfield. And let me tell you who they don't want to have to play. Can I tell you who they don't want to have to play? You know, everybody's buddy that keeps trying to sell me on, he's not part of the problem, Marcelo Zuna. Even with Ronnie Hurt not playing, they still aren't playing Ozuna, are they? What does that tell you? So, anyway, I got some people that... uh, and he's not even playing against the the pond scum, scuzz yeah. bucket, yeah. low life, life or- dirtbag teams. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. right. They 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 think they have better options than a guy who hit a buck seventy for the month. And he's got what's he got? Twenty homers on the season. I think he's got twenty homers for the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, he's either got twenty or twenty one. He's got hold please. He has got twenty homers on the season. How many runs do you think he's driven in this year? Oh, it's not even 50. I don't even think he has 50. 46. Yeah. He's driven in 46 runs off of 20 homers and 89 hits. He's got 14 doubles and 20 homers, and he's driven in a grand total of 46 runs. It's because he's hitting 213 with a 391 slugging and 109 strikeouts to 27 walks. Oy vey. He's more than four to one, what, four to one strikeout to walk, which is good if you're a pitcher, not really good if you're a hitter out there. But that's what they think of him right now is they'd rather just 
trot out broken down, beat up guys right now than to trot his bat out there. So again, you know, it's uh crazy stuff. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll keep you up to date all night long about what goes on with the Atlanta Braves is um, by the way too the, um, we mentioned that the uh, Dodgers and Mets were playing tonight. That game is 3-3 right now. They're in the bottom of the fifth inning uh, already. Taiwan Walker and uh, Haney are the two pitchers uh, in that game. So um, 3-3 right now in that game. Even though it's homered. Uh, starting Marte has homered. So the Mets have a couple of homers in that game. No homers for the uh, Dodgers. Freddie's 0 for 2 uh, in the game. Freddie's 0 for 2, and he's hitting 325. Whew. Has he had a good season out there? Anyway. All right, let's get to something we call What's Bugging Chuckery. Don't look now, but somebody out there just got Chuckery ticked off. <laughs> like, that's hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It's time for What's Bugging Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. So, this 49ers quarterbacking situation is very strange, and it reminds me of something from my youth. So we know we we gave you the story last night that Jimmy Garoppolo agreed to a reduced changed contract that's going to pay him significantly less money with a $7 million contract that could go as high as $16 million because of incentives and things like that. Now, this is what Kyle Shanahan had to say about it. Quote, The chances, and in talking about, did they think that they could get Garoppolo to rework a one-year deal and this, any other? Quote, the chances were, to me, it seemed slim to none. I remember the first week of training camp, me saying to Jimmy, like, hey, if you don't like any of these opportunities, if you don't go to a place you want, you can't get the contract that you want, we would love to have you here as a backup in that deal. I want you to know that we feel that way, but I think that there's also no way you're not going to get something as this goes through training camp. And then we had the Deshaun Watson situation and this, any other. And they said that, uh, according to Shanahan, in in regards to would they just cut uh, Garoppolo and, and such, he says, to me, it seems like everyone was just waiting for us to cut him so they could see how much they could get him for. But once the last Saturday preseason game happened and no one got injured, then Jimmy thought this was his best situation that he liked, and that's why we were so pumped because obviously it's a better situation for the Niners. Now, obviously, they have named Trey Lance as the starter, right? So he's going to start. Can I tell you, this is like... Have you ever heard the saying? There's an old saying out there that says... How can you miss me if I never leave? Right? Okay? So this reminds me exactly of Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart in about, what, 1995. Remember at, was it WrestleMania 10? No, WrestleMania 11 when Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels had the 60-minute Iron Man match and Bret put Shawn over. It was the first time that Shawn Michaels won the title and the boyhood dream and all that. Remember Vince's commentary about all that, right? And one of the things that Brett has said in later years is that part of his thinking was because Brett was leaving after WrestleMania to go work on Lonesome Dove, 
Was it Lonesome Dove? I think it was Lonesome Dove, the TV show that he was going to do some filming of. Something like that. I don't Whatever the TV show. I think it was Lonesome Dove. It was a Western. But he was going to film for them. And he knew that that pill-popping Shawn Michaels wouldn't be able to handle the stress and pressure of every night being the champion and this to any other. And he was right. Shawn Michaels went in a complete tailspin. Business did not do well. You know, a lot of people joke about Kevin Nash being the worst drawn champion. Shawn Michaels did not draw very well either as champion. And Brett was right. How can you miss me if I never go away? And he knew I go away and I give enough time, they'll be begging me. I think Jimmy Garoppolo was thinking the same thing. That it's better for me to stay here with a Super Bowl caliber team and if Trey Lance can make it, okay, I'll be a free agent. I'll go somewhere else. But, but maybe he doesn't make it. And maybe I get my chance to show that I can lead this team to a Super Bowl. And then maybe they have a tough decision on their hands, right? Again, you can't miss me if I never go away. You can't miss me as a starting quarterback if I start all the time, right? And maybe he's thinking that it's better because, again, with all due respect, if he thinks he's a starting quarterback, why would he take drastically less money to be a backup unless he thinks that it's not going to go Trey Lance's way? Now, you may think that's harsh. You may think that's not nice. But guess what? It's not Garoppolo's job to be nice. Garoppolo's trying to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. He wants to get paid eventually like a starting quarterback in the NFL. And maybe that won't be with the 49ers. But maybe if something happens and Trey Lance doesn't play well this year and Garoppolo brings him in because they are a Super Bowl-ready roster. Dylan, ask me where the 49ers finished last season. Where did the 49ers finish? NFC Championship game. They did. Ask me if they've been to a Super Bowl of recent memory. Have they been? Yes. To- <laughs> right? So, look. Again, this is Brett, My- Brett Hart and Shawn Michaels in, like, April of 95. I'll give the title to Shawn. I'll let Trey Lance start, and let's see what happens. And in six months, if it doesn't go well... They may want me back and have me start. Because you can't tell me that somebody, can't tell me that there isn't a team out there that wouldn't roll the dice with a Jimmy Garoppolo at starting quarterback. I'm not telling you Garoppolo is the end-all, be-all, but are you mean to tell me that all of the dregs of the universe franchises around the NFL, that there isn't somebody... I mean, you, in all honesty... I know they're hoping that Baker Mayfield can get back to where he is. But you tell me Jimmy Garoppolo wouldn't have been a, as good an option or better than Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, or anything else that they trot out there in Carolina? Yeah, Carson Wentz, another guy. Where's, where's he at? Washington? He's on his third team in three years. You know, potentially Jalen Hurts up in Philadelphia. You know, they're committed to him until they start losing. Then guess what? That you think those Philly fans are going to be happy watching Jalen Hurts flounder around? So I think he surveyed the situation and said, you know what? 
I'll take less money because you may not know what you have until I'm not starting for you. And let's see. I like Trey Lance a lot. I think he's got a lot of potential. But let's see. You never know about quarterbacks. Trey Lance may go out and win the MVP of the NFL this year. He may go out and be the MVP of the league. Or he might be a Keeley Smith. That's that's evaluating quarterbacks in the NFL. That, unfortunately, is the up-and-down nature of quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think that's what he's what he's hoping on. So, Jimmy Garoppolo is in the role of Bret Hart. Trey Lance is in the role of Shawn Michaels. Let's hope for, for Trey Lance that it turns out better than what it did for Shawn, who was popping pills, bad attitude, didn't draw, whatever, and then it was time to bring Brett back and win the title, and that's what's bugging Chuckery. Anyway, uh, Braves right now sitting at uh, 2-2 as, um, uh, oh, hell, what uh, what inning are we in uh, right now? We're at the bottom of the, uh, no, top. we're about to be at the top of the fifth uh, inning uh, here. So four innings in the books, Max Fried, four innings, five hits. Uh, Urena, four innings and five hits for him as well. Literally almost identical lines. Urena's got two more strikeouts and an extra walk. But uh, 82 pitches already for Urena, so he probably gets through five, and that's about it. Max Fried's only at 66 pitches right now. Uh, you would have to figure Max has got at least six, maybe pushing seven, depending on how things go here. But certainly six innings tonight, you would figure at only 66 pitches, he's in real good shape right now. 257 ERA right now for Max Fried as well. All right, speaking of the Braves, one guy that we could certainly use to get cranked up and going is Eddie Rosario. We'll talk about him next. Truck in the Key Studios. Sports right now, the game, Odyssey.com app.